not such a Merry Christmas, apparently. All right. That's okay. That's okay. My name is Bobby. I'm one of the pastors here at the Ridge. Thank you guys so much for being here for uh, Christmas Eve Eve, or as some of you probably call it, Festivus. So happy Festivus to to a few of you. Yes, yes. And uh, we uh, we will not be airing any grievances here tonight, but that's uh, that's okay. That'll be for later on your car ride home, okay? Well, <laughs> we... <laughs> Well, we we have uh, probably all of us have done this before, but we have um, we've made Christmas about a lot of different things in the past, and, and and maybe for you, you know, I don't know what I don't know what Christmas is about for you. I don't know what it's about for me. I, I don't know what it is about for you, but um, people of all in all places, they, they make Christmas about a, a lot of different things. And maybe maybe these are some of the things that you make Christmas about too, you know, because you've got, you got the family dinners, right? You've got to go and do the family thing and have all the, the family dinners. Maybe you've got a crazy family, and that's like an Olympic event, you know? And so that's, that's kind of your thing there. And so Christmas, maybe for you, maybe it's about, you know, the gathering of family or the gathering of people you've not seen in a long time. Maybe for you, Christmas when you were little, maybe it was about the gifts. Maybe now as an adult, it's about the gifts. Like you're really still holding out for that Lexus with the red bow on it in your driveway, okay? I'm just going to tell you, it ain't happening, okay? It's just not happening. Maybe it is. I don't know if it is. Wow. But so I'm just saying like Christmas for you, I mean, it could it could be about that. Maybe for you, Christmas is um, it's about it's about a pain, you know, it's about a it's about a darkness it's about a a place of you're just kind of hoping that that christmas just gets over with you know that december 26th will get here and you don't have to do the the christmas thing anymore because maybe for you christmas is about painful memories of the past or maybe christmas for you is about a, a a state of loneliness that you find yourself in i don't know what christmas is about for you i know what christmas is about for me and really why we gather here tonight and why we uh, get together on Christmas morning, whether you want it to be or not, Christmas is about Jesus. And it, it's it's not so much just about Jesus himself, it's about the reason that Jesus came. And he came, Jesus came to, to be with us, he came to be near to us. In fact, uh, when the angel appears to, to Mary and Joseph, the angel tells them that they will call him Emmanuel. And that name Emmanuel, it, it means God with us. And so the the gift of Christmas is Jesus. It will always be Christmas. It will never be about the gifts that are under the tree. Those things are great. I love getting gifts. I love giving gifts. I, I love those things. The Christmas tree, the Christmas movies, all of those things are there's nothing wrong with those things. But the, at the end of the day, Christmas Christmas is about Jesus. And it's about the, the incarnation of Jesus. And, and that, that word incarnation, it's a, it's a big hairy church word, really. I mean, we don't use that word in everyday language. Like, you, you, know, you don't ever really talk to anybody and use the word incarnation, right? But, but we use it in church a lot. That word incarnation, it, it means that God put himself into flesh, into the form of a baby that was born on Christmas night. We celebrated on December the 25th and laid in a manger. And so God became flesh, became human, and he entered into the mess of humanity. It's still a mess, isn't it? But he entered into the mess of humanity. And when he entered into that mess, Christ 
burst onto the scene. And it's a, it's a beautiful picture. And so if you, if you read the Gospels, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see bits and, and, bits and pieces of the Christmas story. But in Matthew and Luke, we really see what happens in the Christmas story, don't we? Like we read uh, in the Gospels, we read about Matthew's account. Matthew tells us about the, the birth of Christ. And then in uh, Luke, we read how Luke tells us about the, the, the birth of Christ. And you see the, the different characters that you're probably most familiar with in the Christmas story. You see, you know, Mary and Joseph, and uh, you see the shepherds, you see the angels, you see all of those things, the the innkeeper who says there's no room in the inn. We, we see all of those things. And so we get a description about what happened at Christmas, don't we, when we read those accounts. But what I want to do tonight is I don't necessarily want to focus on those for a few minutes. I actually want to show you um, in John chapter 1, because John, he, he doesn't show us what happened at the birth, but he tells us what it all means for us. And so in John chapter 1, he's not going to say, okay, there were shepherds and there were angels and they were out in the field. We're not going to see that here, but what we are going to see is we're going to see this guy, John, who writes this account. He tells us what it all means, what Christmas really is all about. And so if you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 1. If you need one, we actually have free ones that we would love to give you. Uh, you passed the table on the way in here called Ridge Central, and there are free Bibles out there. So if you would like to have a Bible, we would love to give you one of those as a, as a free gift. Uh, scripture will also be on the screen back here behind me. But in John chapter 1, let me set this up for you so you can kind of get a picture of, of what's happening here. This guy, John, John was actually one of the original 12 disciples. He, w- he was one of the apostles. And so what that means is that this guy, John, he was actually with Jesus. He was there with him, and so he touched him. He saw him. He heard Jesus speak. And so when John is writing his gospel account in the book of John, what we actually see is John is telling us what he saw. He's telling us what he heard. And so we get an accurate picture. We get a a really great picture of who Jesus is. And in the first chapter of John, we, we see the meaning of Christmas, what Christmas is all about, start to come together. And John describes the, that word, incarnation, he describes it as Jesus, he calls him the word. Meaning that, that Jesus himself, he's, he's this living word. It's not just stuff that you read and you're just kind of like, oh, that's great. No, this is living word, meaning that it's alive, meaning that it's relevant, meaning that the stuff that is written in the Bible It's not just a bunch of old stuff put together a long, long time ago. Stuff that is useful for us every single day. Every single day. And so listen to what John writes about Jesus. I'm just going to read you one verse out of of this uh, right now. But John chapter 1, starting in verse 14. This is the way that John describes it. He says this, And the Word, meaning Jesus, God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John says, this is so so amazing to me. He says that, that Jesus, that God, God put himself into flesh as Jesus and came to be with us. And so because, and this is, remember, this is John writing this about Jesus. He had seen Jesus, and so he's saying this, he's saying, 
I have seen the glory of God because I've seen Jesus. I've seen it. And so he says, this is what Christmas is all about. If we really think about this, I mean, think about God, the creator of the universe, puts himself into flesh. And not just like, he doesn't just show up like in the form of a grown man. Like he comes as a baby, as one who actually needs the help of someone else to grow up, right? And God puts himself into that place, the creator of the universe, who leaves the comfort of heaven to come to be near to each one of us and i don't know about you but that blows me away every time i think about christmas and i think about everything that surrounds christmas and i think about this and how god came to be with us incarnate his glory and it just it blows me away and so i want to give you real quick real quick two implications of this what this all all means two implications of of the fact that god came to be near to us came to be with us and the first one is this is that god has gone through infinite lengths be near to you you know that that god has actually gone through infinite links to be near to us he became human so that we could have fellowship with him that we could have fellowship uh the the greek word that the bible uses when it was first written it's this word called koinonia and what that basically means is that uh fellowship is a, a deep deep friendship anybody got a best friend bff you know, in the house, yeah? Yeah, a lot of us, okay, a lot of us. If you didn't raise your hand, I'll be your friend, okay? I'll be your friend. Um, unless you're crazy, then it's out. But um, I've got enough of those. So anyway, we, uh, like, this is the word that it uses. It uses this word koinonia, and this, this, this word koinonia means a deep, deep friendship, a fellowship. And so he, God, became human so that we could have this fellowship he put himself into flesh and left the comfort of heaven for this purpose let me ask you a question probably a dumb question but i'm gonna ask it anyway have you ever looked at the sun i mean like really have you ever like really looked at the sun like you're standing outside on a sunny day and you see this fireball in the sky have you ever really just like looked at it of course you haven't. It'll burn your retinas out. Like you have not, you're like, most, you're like, that's a dumb question. Of course I've not looked at the sun. You see it, you know it's there, but we really haven't looked at it. I remember when I was a kid, I had a uh, science teacher tell us that there was this solar eclipse that was going to be happening, right? And so I only caught part of what he was actually saying about how to look at the solar eclipse. And I remember this part about what he said. He said, get a pair of binoculars and look at the sun. Okay, simple enough. I got a pair of binoculars at home, solar eclipse. I can do that. I can look at the sun through a pair of binoculars. This is the worst idea I ever had. It was horrible. It did not go well. I'm just telling you. Don't do that at home. I'm just saying. So I pick up, pick up the binoculars, and I look at the sun and literally, like, drop them because it hurt, right? I, I, I could not handle the light from the sun. Neither could you. None of us could. None of us could ever just, just look at the sun without it being filtered. And so the part that I missed of, of looking at this eclipse through the binoculars was that there was this whole filter thing that needed to go over the binoculars to be able to see the sun. I couldn't handle the light from the sun. Here's the thing about God coming near to us. There was this... Um, 
there was this conversation. I'm going to take you back to the Old Testament real quick. There was this, this conversation that this, this man Moses had with God in Exodus 33. And Moses was uh, the man that God called out of the burning bush, right? This is this big burning bush. And it's like Moses, you know, and like that whole Charlton Heston kind of voice, right? Speaks to Moses and says, Moses, I want you to go to the most powerful man in the, in the world at the time who was Pharaoh. And I want you to tell him that you're going to let my people go. You're going to let the Israelites out of slavery, and you're going to lead them out of Egypt, and you're going to lead them to the place that I'm going to show you. That's Moses. That's this guy, right? And so this guy, Moses, he's done that, and so he is leading these people, and they're in the wilderness, and Moses has this amazing relationship with God. Like, he's conversing with him. He's talking with him. I mean, God leads the people of Israel through the wilderness with a pillar of fire. That's crazy, right? I mean, that's how close Moses, you talk about BFF, right? Moses and God, that's it right there. And so Moses, again, is having another conversation with God in Exodus 33. And Moses begins to plead with God. See, God's a little upset with the people of Israel because they, they kind of suck, to be honest. And um, God's like, you know what? I can't spend another minute with you people. This is what he says about him. He says, you're a stiff-necked people, and if I have to spend another moment with you, I'll kill you. Anybody ever said that to your kids in the back seat, right? Right, you know, okay, on the way here, anybody? All right, so like, that's what, that's what, God, that's what, that's what God says to Moses about the people of Israel. He's like, if I had to spend another minute with you stiff-necked people, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And so Moses pleads with God. He's, he tells him, he says, God, listen. Don't send us up from here if your presence will not go with us. Don't, don't lead us out of this place. Let's not move from where we are right now. And I don't want to go unless you're going to go with us. And so he begins to plead with God. And so God tells Moses, he says, okay, I will grant you this. My presence will go with you wherever you go. And so Mo- Moses asks God again. He says, How, now, when we get there, because they're going to face all of this opposition, he says, when we get there, how are people going to know that your presence is with me? And so Moses asked God another question. He says, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And so what he was asking, he says, show me your light. Show me your glory. But this is what God says to Moses. He says, Moses, you can't handle my glory. If you see it, you will die. You cannot handle my glory. So if you see my, if you see my glory, you will die. Let's go back to John 1 again. Remember what John said? In 14, he says, And the Word, Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God will react, look at the way Jesus reacted. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know if, if God is, is generous, look at how generous Jesus was. If you want to know if, if God is loving, look at how loving Jesus was. If you want to know if God was sacrificial, look at how sacrificial Jesus was. If you want to know what the Father God is like, look at Jesus, because the glory of God is Jesus. It's his life. It's his life. He is Jesus. He's, Jesus said this about himself. He said, he said, I am the light of the world. 
That word John, actually, in the Gospel of John, he uses that word light a lot. And Jesus, he recalls Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And so the light of God, check this out, this is amazing. The light of God filtered through flesh in G- is, is Jesus. That's the light. The light of God filtered through flesh in Jesus so that we could see God. And if we will see him, if you will see him at Christmas, or in any season, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Some of you, you, you hear that, and like, you, that, like I'm saying that, and you hear that, and you're like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like maybe you're in church all the time, maybe you, you know, whatever. But do you really see Jesus? Have you really looked at him? Have you really taken the moment at this time when Christmas just gets chaotic, doesn't it? It gets crazy. It's not so simple anymore, but have you really taken the time to just look at Jesus? Because if you'll see Jesus, you'll never be the same. But if you'll see Jesus, you'll also see the Father. You'll see the heart of God. You'll see his glory. His glory. Have you ever stubbed your toe in the dark? That hurts, doesn't it? That hurts. How many of you parents have ever stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night? How many of you cussed? Go ahead. It's okay. You're in church. Be honest. All right. All right. I, I have. I'll just be honest. I have. So, like, like, I mean, like, if you stub your toe in the middle of the night, like, you know, my daughter, when she was younger, my son did this too. Isaiah did this too, didn't he? Like, he would wake up. She's like, I don't know what you're about to say. Uh, <clears throat> he, he, he would, he would, he would, both of our kids, they, they would wake up in the middle of the night and they would call out for me, for daddy. They wanted daddy. They would never call for my wife. They would never call for mommy. Mommy, because mommy would just ignore them. No, she, I'm just kidding. She would, she'd say, but I'm a heavy sleeper. You know? and so, I'd look over, and she'd have one eye open waiting for me to get up. But anyway, like, so they just learned to call for daddy. And so I would get up, and I would stumble through the hallway. You know that middle of the night stumble? You know which one I'm talking about, right? Like, you're just kind of stumbling through the dark, you know, feeling the walls, you know, and you're going through the house, and it's, it's inevitable. You're either going to hit your toe on something, or you're going to step on a Lego, aren't you? And it hurts. It hurts. You're going to do that. But when you finally get to the light, you can hit that light switch and illuminate everything, can't you? Listen to, uh, listen to what Isaiah, the the prophet. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 9 2. Let me turn there real quick. Isaiah 9 2, he says this. He says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. If Jesus is the light, you will see Jesus, the darkness will be lit up. The darkness will be lit up. John goes on later on in, in uh, chapter 12. He actually, he actually, in John 12, 46, listen to, what, listen to what he writes here, what Jesus said. This is red letter. Jesus says this. He says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. 
whoever believes does not stay in darkness. Jesus is the light switch when we're stumbling in the dark. It's his glory. It's his light. It illuminates the darkness. And his arrival, his arrival broke into the darkness. His arrival can break into your darkness. If Christmas is a dark time for you, if it's a lonely time for you, Christmas can break into your darkness. Simply because he is the light and he is the glory of God reflected. The second thing is this. Christmas is what Christmas means because God came to us, we have access to joy. Because God came to us, we have access to joy. If we're honest, we would, we would probably all say that we want joy in our lives, don't we? Like we all want a little piece of joy, right? We, we, want, we want joy in our lives. And Christmas, Christmas is about joy. And if, and if you ask most kids, joy comes in the form of a little list that gets sent to Santa Claus, doesn't it? Like Christmas for, for kids, and maybe you, maybe you did this too. Maybe you wrote the whole list thing out, right, and you, you sent it to Santa Claus. I don't know, but like for most kids, like joy comes in the form of that little list, doesn't it? My son, uh, Isaiah, who we will refer to tonight as the little drummer boy who plays the drums here tonight, um, he's five, and, and he, uh, he had, I asked him not too long ago, probably back in November, I said, I said Isaiah, what do, you, what do you want for Christmas? What would you like for Christmas? What are you going to put on your list? And he said this, he said, he said, Daddy, do you know? No, I don't. <laughs> he said, oh, no, you know. And I'm, I'm driving, he's in the backseat, he's like, you know. I'm like, I have, actually, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, so I'm like trying to get it out of him. He's like, you know, I told you. And I'm like, I, I have no clue what you're talking about. So he gets frustrated with me and he goes, just ask Mommy. All right, fair enough. That's, that's what we'll do. Just ask mommy. Just ask mommy. We all have our list of things that we think will bring us joy, don't we? Like, there, like every single one of us, we probably have things in our lives that we're like, you know what? If I just had this. And maybe, maybe you've kind of gone through this thing this Christmas where you're like, you know what? If, if I'll just get this. And maybe it's not a material thing. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a job that you're hoping to get. Maybe it's a relationship that you're hoping will work out. Or maybe... Um, maybe it's a, a big Christmas bonus that you're hoping is going to come in, right? But, but we have these things that we're like, you know, if, if I could just get this, whatever this is, you fill in the blank with whatever that is for you. But if I could just get this, then this Christmas season will be a lot more joyful. I've believed that a lot of things in my life, just personally, just being honest, I've, I've believed that a lot of things will bring me joy. I've thought that material things, that if I could just get that, if I could just achieve this level of, uh, in my career, or if I could just have that relationship, or if I could just get married, if I could just have kids, if I could just get a house, if I could just do whatever. Believing that those things alone would be the very things that would actually bring me joy. But what I found out was that those things, as good as some of them are, are still empty without Christ. Still empty. Because true joy is found in Jesus. In fact, John in John 8, 12, he writes this. He says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So let me ask you this question. Is Jesus on your list this Christmas? Is he on your list? Is that something that, that you would put on your list and say, you know what, if, if, if all I have for Christmas is Christ, if all I have for Christmas is Jesus, if all I have for Christmas is redemption of sin, if that's all I have, then that's all I need, and that's all the joy that I can handle. Because when I'm in the dark, what's on my Christmas list, the material things, the relational things, money, all of those things, none of those things are going to bring me joy, true joy, but Christ will. Maybe you're thinking, you know, dude, you don't, you don't know what my life is like, and I, I would say, you know what, I, I, I don't. I don't know what your life is like. I don't, I don't know what you've got going on. I don't know what kind of struggles you've got going on, but I do know that for some of you in this room, there, you, you are in a, you're, you're in the dark. You're in a darkness. And you're really holding on to something other than Christ to bring you joy or hoping that something will work out or, or, or come together at the last second that's going to, to bring you some sort of joy. I, I, I don't know. But I do know this. When John is writing about Jesus, right before John 14 he says this in verse 5 of John chapter 1. He says, the light, Jesus, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus chases away the darkness. Because he is the glory of God reflected. And you cannot, the darkness will not overcome the glory of God. darkness will not overcome you this season if you hold on to the light who is jesus because he came to be near to us to give us fellowship light in the darkness to bring us joy and I, I think this is i think this is why the shepherds went with haste to see jesus you know in luke chapter 2 we read about how the angels came and they visited the shepherds the shepherds were out in the fields tending to the flocks there's a whole story really cool story behind that whole thing but the shepherds are out in the fields and they're tending to the flocks the the baby christ has been born the the advent of christ has happened and the angels come to the shepherds and they tell the shepherds they exclaim to the shepherds that jesus has been born and in luke chapter 2 it says that the the shepherds that they they went with haste like they're out in the fields and they've got the, the livestock and the sheep and they don't even put them up. <laughs> they don't even take them back to the manger. They don't even, they don't do anything. With them. They just leave them. And it says that they went with haste to see Jesus. Meaning that they ran quickly to find the Jesus. And I can only imagine what it was like. I don't know if the angels were like, okay, so check this out. Pull out your iPhone, pull up Google Maps and I'll tell you, we'll give you the address. I don't know if it went like that, but... You know, maybe they went through like every single manger in Israel, right? Like they're just going through, you know, Bethlehem and just going through every single manger and they're trying to find, is there a baby in here? Is there a baby in here? But they finally get to the baby, Jesus. If you read Luke chapter 2, it says that they praised and they glorified God because the light had entered 
chased out the darkness. They sang and they glorified. I don't know where you are this Christmas. But I do know this about every single one of us. Every single one of us could use a little bit of that light, couldn't we? Every single one of us could use a little bit of that joy. Every single one of us could use a little bit of less chaotic Christmas, right? I think the only way that we're going to find that is in Christ. It's in Jesus. The joy that we're searching for, it's in Jesus. The light in the darkness that we're stumbling around, stubbing our toes on everything, stepping on Legos, right? All of that stuff, like, the, it's Jesus. The light has come into the world and darkness has not overcome it. Because Jesus is the glory of God reflected. So as we close this morning we're going to sing a few more songs and as we sing a few more songs we're really just going to exclaim and think about and, and sing about the the goodness and the greatness and the and the glory of god and so for you this morning maybe maybe this is the opportunity that you need to take just a moment and pray maybe it's been a long time for you since you've actually had a conversation with god where you've prayed you're in a safe place to be able to do that. If you can't pray here, you can't pray anywhere, right? So you're in a you're in a safe place. And we here at Rich Church, we always say that this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. So you're not freaking anybody out if you're not okay. It's okay to not be okay. And so if you need that light because you are in the darkness, now is a great time for you to just take a moment ask Christ to enter into the darkness and be the light that you're searching for. Let's pray. Father, God, you are holy. You are anointed. God, you are the light that we have been searching for, the light that we have been waiting for. As we stumble through the darkness, God, you pierce the darkness and chase it away. So, Father, God, I pray for for any of us that are here this this evening, God, that that may be sitting in a place of darkness. God, I, I, we know we know that you know, God, whatever it is that that we're going through, God, we know that you know what it is. You know what we're dealing with, God. You know our sorrow. You know our pain. We're not surprising you. Father, we just ask that, God, tonight, that your light shine brightly into our darkness, into our soul. God, that we will see your glory because we see Jesus. If that's you, you're the one who sit there and you sit in a place and you feel like you're in a place of darkness, will you just take a moment right where you sit and just say, just just talk to God, just ask him to be your light, I can't tell you something to repeat after or say anything, I just, you just ask Jesus to be your light, the Bible tells us that, that if we will call on him, he hears us and he comes to us, he is 
near to the brokenhearted. And if that's you, when you call him, he's near to you. He's close to you. Even if he feels absent, he is very powerfully present. Or maybe you're a believer here tonight, and tonight you just need a reminder to be able to look to Christ, to be able to see his glory. You just take these next few moments and just reflect on his glory, his life, his salvation. Maybe you've never, you don't really know what that glory is like because you've never given your life to him. You never asked him to to be your savior. Man, what what a great story for you to be able to say, Jesus, be my savior on Christmas of all times. And so if that's you, just ask him, say, Jesus, be my savior. Be my redemption. few songs just give him your honor and your praise and turn our attention to his glory because if we will just see him we will never be the same God you are amazing we love you we thank you for coming to be near to us Jesus it is in your name that we pray amen let's all stand to our feet